episode of the New Craft House podcast is sponsored by Faf. We use Faf sewing machines in all of our sewing and in all of our workshops, and they really are the best of the best. With everything from beginner machines like the Smarter Range to the Ambition machines that we use in classes to the top of the range creative icon, Faf have something for every sewist. Today I'm joined by Lydia from Made My Wardrobe. In 2016, Lydia made the pledge to start making all of her own garments by hand. And within a year, she had made an amazing 60 garments and given away all of her shop-bought clothes. She soon started running workshops to teach other people how to sew their own clothes before releasing her first set of sewing patterns in 2019. Over the past year, Lydia has continued to grow her business and now, accompanied by a team of sewists, has a big range of sewing patterns with accompanying sewing kits, online classes and most recently a maker's zine. We've always loved Lydia's dedication to sustainable sewing and we're really excited to have her as a guest. Welcome, Lydia. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it feels like a real tonic because we don't we haven't really been able to connect and chat about our businesses and stuff this year. So it's lovely yeah. to have this time to do it. Everyone's missed out on like a year's worth of hum- face-to-face contact with other businesses which is worth a lot I think definitely definitely yeah so where are you at the moment I'm actually at home today um I decided to so I am still able to go into my studio um I do share it with other makers but we've set up a rotor so that we're not overlapping um so in order to post out orders and stuff I'm still able to go in but then days when I'm just on my laptop I'm working from home um I did my tax return this morning so feeling very proud of myself Good work. <laughs> um yeah so I'm just at home sounds good um shall we kick it off with actually where did we meet the first time that might people be interested in oh I think it was it was at the FAF um, when they got all of their ambassadors together. FAF mm, had a little... In 2020, early 2020? Yeah, something like that. feels like a long time Maybe ago Maybe even now. the year before. Maybe a year before. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because normally they happen every month. Yeah. Um, we both use FAF sewing machines in our workshops. Yeah. Uh, not every month, every like six months, I guess, they normally happen. Yeah. The meetups. Exactly. But I'd known about your work and I think bought fabric off you before that. Were you doing fabric then? Or I definitely connected with your business in some way. I think Yeah, was... we've been doing fabric for like two years. I remember sending you a really manic email when I'd accidentally double booked a workshop and been like, can you guys host this one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you were like, I'm sorry, we're already hosting one. And I was, <laughs> I was just like, ah! <laughs> And Sorry now you miss that. those that stress of workshop running. Now yeah, there aren't any. You can't double book any workshops now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's one of the things I love about the sewing community is there's, um, even though we have quite similar business models, it's not competition. It's like just collaboration and communication and sharing skills. It's and there's yeah. We've both got... Yeah, it never feels like people are head-to-head against each other. Not at all. It's like, I want to use your fabrics for my patterns, you've bought my patterns for your fabrics, so it's really nice. Like, there can't be many industries where that's the case. Yeah. I don't think. I I feel so lucky to be in this industry. I just think it's so supportive, (laughs) such a joy. Yeah, it's the most welcoming online community. Mm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and I guess everyone has the main goal of helping keep people so keeping people sewing. So yeah, exactly. The more businesses there are, the better that's going to be for everyone. Totally, yeah. But we, I think we've followed you on Instagram for a year, like a lot of a long time before we actually met. Nice. I feel like it must have been not that long after you started sewing in twenty sixteen, actually oh that's amazing thanks guys because oh, you also uh, used to live on a boat right? yeah we've got narrow boats in common <laughs> yeah so my my grandparents had a boat all through when I was growing up they lived on a boat for most of the year in a few of the colder months they would move back onto dry land mm. but um 
yeah, they would cruise all around the UK. And in the summer holidays, my mum and dad would just put me on a train to whatever station they were nearest to and say, go and stay with Gramps and Gram on the boat for a week. And they'd always get the grandkids to come whenever they had a patch with loads of locks and they'd just put us to work, like (laughs) doing all the locks and we loved it. Um, And then they got too old for the boat and um, my brother lived on it for a bit and then I moved on it for a bit. Um, I I loved living on it, but I really didn't like living on my own. It didn't suit, it didn't suit me. And it's quite like an isolated environment. It could be, yeah. depending on where you're moored. So I, I get that, if you didn't like living on your own. Yeah, it was, it, I learned so much from it. And I loved the, um, I loved having to be really aware of all of your resources and what you use and um, your environment. But in the end, I was like, I need people again. I need, I need, because I grew up in a really full house. I'm the youngest of five. So I'm used to living in a really busy yeah. full house. And I just thought, time to get back onto dry land. But I miss the boat so much. I used Do to they run... still have it? No, they sold it after I moved oh. off it, which was heartbreaking. Um, are you still on yours, though? Yeah, I am. Rosie's moved off now because okay. two kids was too ma- one too many. That's a lot. <laughs> I yeah. think, um, but I'm still on mine, yeah. Yeah, so the only good thing about lockdown is that we don't have to move so I've been where I am for five, I think four months now and it's actually really nice just like having that stability twigs my dog loves it there because we're in the marshes in Hackney and I can walk to work in like half an hour and so but That's I love so I love nice. the boat but I it is a uh like it's like a part-time job you must have got to know your neighbors really well though if you've been there a little while well we have yeah there's a friend a friend in front of me and I know everyone around and everyone's been there the same amount of time but like people because you're not hanging out as much because it's cold so everyone's just inside yeah I think it'd be different if it was summer definitely um but it's quite nice yeah I'm right I'm on the outside of a really nice guy so it's quite nice just knowing that there's like nice people around that's really good yeah when do you think you'll have to start moving again oh I mean I'm hoping we, me and all my neighbours have said, as soon as they say you have to move, we'll wait like another two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe get going. Yeah. But until the end of lockdown, I mean, I imagine it's going to get extended. No. So maybe like March sometime. Mm. Yeah. But after years of moving every two weeks, it's just a really nice luxury to just be like settled somewhere. I bet it is. Were you on your way in or out? In. Okay. Nice. So I guess I'll only get closer to work. And then where we are, I'm more right by the office Perfect. for a few weeks, which is always really nice. But yeah, I just like the marshes. Do you know Hackney Marshes? Yeah, yeah. I love it around there. It's beautiful. So nice, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, for a dog, it's perfect. Like the best spot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lush. So could you tell us a little bit about how you got into sewing? where you learnt and why. Yeah, definitely. Um, So my mum was a curtain maker and she ran the business from home. So our front room was just always set up with like a huge sewing table and sewing machine. But it was also chaos in there. I don't know how, I have no idea how she ran the business from that room. (laughs) Um, And then I used to do a lot of dance as a kid and my dance teacher's mum used to come in every year and for the like Christmas show she just used to make the most incredible costumes I remember I don't know how she did it there was like a hundred of us in this dance school and she would make at least one costume for everyone if not two or three for different pieces hundreds yeah she, she would just churn them out she'd be she'd come in and measure everyone up in September, October, and then by the Christmas show in December, we'd all just look amazing. And something about her and the way she did it just blew my mind. I remember being so caught up in the magic of that as a little girl. Um, and then I, I, went, I started uni, I was doing a degree in politics and I dropped out after three months. I was in quite a mental headspace and... 
I've always been really interested in politics, but knew that I didn't want to work in it and was just like, why am I putting myself through this degree for something that I don't really want to go into? Mm. And then it was after I dropped out of uni that I got really into sewing. I just kind of locked myself away and spent hours and hours a day doing it and then realised maybe if I could do this as a job, I'd be really happy. Um and got an apprenticeship with the Costumiers in South London. And I was there for two years and they taught me so much. It was a real in at the deep end experience. They, yeah, I was making corsets from like week one. There was no kind of, <laughs> there was no, like you're new, we'll give you some easy jobs. It was like, you're new, let's let's push you and see what you can do. Um. And that was an amazing experience. And then since then, I've been a freelance costume maker for theatre and dance for the last five, six years, something like that. Um, And then I started Made My Wardrobe in 2016 because I was just feeling really disconnected from my body and really dissatisfied with what was available in shops. And I just thought... I've gathered some sewing skills. I want to I want to use them. Um and I thought by making my entire wardrobe I'd be able to really refine some of those skills. Yeah, so then I decided to make all my clothes from scratch and in the process learned so much. There were so many things I'd never made before like jeans or bras or like a proper winter coat, things like that. Um and I just got really addicted to it that year. It's And made 60 items in the first year. Yeah, just went crazy. Just committed. Um, every wild. Every spare evening or weekend that I had, I would just be in the studio sewing. Do you still have most of those clothes? Yeah, I've still got pretty much all of them. Um, there's some things I look back at and I think, what were you thinking? That is so ugly. <laughs> yeah, well, you get caught up in like the the excitement of this yeah. idea and then it doesn't actually align with any of like your wardrobe yeah. or how you actually want to look or and the I items think, you're gonna wear yeah it takes a long time to work out what fabrics are right for what types of clothing mm-hmm. that was one of the bigger things I would just I would love silk so I'd try and use silk for everything which is great but yeah. a it's expensive and b it's not that like it's quite annoying once you've worn it you have to hand wash it it's not like a a durable kind of wardrobe staple um but now I feel like I've got a much better understanding of fabrics and how to use them and yeah but you'd already been working doing with the costumier what when you started um yeah your blog did it start as a blog online yeah it was a blog um for eight, I I bought the domain name made my wardrobe and then for ages I was too scared to put anything up there it just said <laughs> one year to make all my clothes and there was no pictures or anything um and then little by little I started adding to it and adding to it um and then once I'd done the year I had loads of people get in touch to say they would love to learn to make their own clothes too and then that's when I started doing the workshops because I wanted to share some of the skills that I'd learned, basically. There's also that point, me and Rosie had like a similar thing where we didn't really know what we wanted to do as a job and you've got this blog and then suddenly you're like, oh wait, maybe this could be a business. And it's really exciting, isn't it? That moment when you're like, turn your hobbies sort of into the start of a career at that point I wouldn't call it (laughs) ours wasn't a career right at that right at the beginning but yeah it's amazing and I like I absolutely love what I do now I get so much joy out of it and I love having such an amazing team around me who just brings so many creative ideas um yeah I mean I could never have dreamed of it when I was like sat depressed at uni doing a politics degree (laughs) yeah but lucky you dropped out yeah yeah exactly Rosie dropped out of a politics degree as well no way after about three months yeah oh what uni (laughs) was that in common (laughs) uh Southampton oh um yeah no it's 
It's a funny old, that like that early twenties, late teens is a funny old time of trying to work out what you actually want to do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So then after the you'd started the workshops and you were doing those in person in London. I was doing those in Bristol actually. That was where I was oh, right. for the start of the project. Um and then then I moved to London and got a amazing studio in Clerkenwell and was teaching loads of workshops from there. We were doing I was teaching every month and then I had guest teachers teaching whenever I wasn't teaching at the weekends, which was amazing. We had shoemaking, swimwear, um, embroidery, loads of different things. Um yeah, and then was in London for three years, I think. Yeah. Which I loved. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and then now back in Bristol. So just keep boomeranging between. <laughs> between the two. You'll be back here in like a year. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend's in London and loads of my, yeah, I've got, there's so many friends there that I miss like crazy. So hopefully I'll be be back there soon at some point. Well, out of lockdown, it's like an hour. Yeah. On the train when you can. Hour and a bit. Paying back and forth, yeah. Yeah. Not too far. Yeah. So your first set of sewing patterns, were they developed from what you were teaching in your classes or yeah, how did they come a about? Yeah, mixed, yeah. So I taught the Greta Dungarees loads in workshops. And I knew that people loved them and I knew that they worked on a really good range of bodies and that they were really adaptable with in terms of the fit. Um, so that one I was really confident about turning into a paper pattern. And I could really clearly imagine how I would do all the instructions and and how that would translate to someone who wasn't in the room. Um, but then the other three I hadn't taught as a workshop I don't think had I taught the Josie I definitely hadn't taught the Olivia dress or the um Amaya shirt so they were new ones that I designed and especially with the Amaya I tried to keep that one quite simple and beginner friendly um and then the Josie bra and pants I've always loved making underwear since I started made my wardrobe it's one of the things I think you you guys love you love your bras yeah. as well don't you yeah it's it's just so fun and it's a whole different type of sewing. Yeah, it's refreshing as when you've been making bigger garments as well. Like yeah. You don't have to get up and use the overlocker or iron. You're just sat there. Yeah, and you don't need much space to cut it out. Yeah. It's just small pieces. Um, yeah, and then the Joyce Brown pants has been super popular, which is amazing. Um, and we've got, a, I've recorded a online workshop for that, which will be coming out in February around Valentine's Day. So oh, if anyone wants to sew that one at home, they'll be, yeah, it'll be split up into four days. Um, so yeah, that'll be coming out if you want a little extra visual guide. And you're doing the online workshops to accompany your patterns as well, but they're free. Are they, is that going to stay? I decided to um, do these ones for free because we're in lockdown and everyone's in different you know different situations financially and I just wanted as many people as possible to feel like they could sew um but I don't know if I will be able to keep obviously the commit the it's quite an expense yeah filming <laughs> luckily I could do these ones with my brothers um who are filmmakers which was amazing um but yeah long term I don't know if I'll be able to do them all for free and it's also like the work the in-person workshops are a huge part of my business model so it's this funny yeah, you don't want to give it away <laughs> yeah it's this funny thing where you're expected to like give so much of your creative practice or your business away for free now in video content and you're like wait I spent years like refining the way that I teach and yeah um and yeah you have to remember to value that and and yeah there's always stuff that you, you just will not be able to get from an online class, though. Like, there's no two-way conversation about it. There's no yeah. additional, like, tips and all the fitting help that you'll get if you're there in person. So I don't feel like they've replaced them. No, it's um, true. But it's quite hard, to, yeah, to condense it all into 
an hour of footage, say, or something. Yeah, yeah. And you spent years practicing it. Exactly. And there's so many little questions that people ask when I'm teaching in person that you just can't anticipate with the with the yeah. online ones. Um, but it's it was really fun to to film it. It was really funny filming the Josie Brown pants ones with my brothers because they were like. Lid, I just don't think I would have the patience for this sort of thing. <laughs> As I was putting on like really delicate lace and like elastic and all of this, they were just like, oh, that looks hard. Like, <laughs> they can't believe people are doing it. Yeah, they're just like, why would anyone just buy it from the shop? And I'm like, oh, have you not learned anything from You're me? <laughs> missing it so much. Yeah. But then by the end, they got into it. They were like, that is pretty cool that you can just make that. And I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Underwear sewing has gone so much more popular. Yeah. And I think it's partly because the sewing community now, people are really skilled seamstresses. Yeah. And, and also they have huge wardrobes. A lot of people have such big wardrobes of homemade clothes. Yeah. And then lingerie is something that you can make really easily stop buying ready to wear. And it doesn't take up much space. And I think a lot of the ready-to-wear stuff isn't very imaginative in terms of colour or... Mm. I don't know, I feel like you can make some really cool stuff when you're choosing your own lace and elastics and things. And bra shopping's horrid. Oh, changing rooms. Don't even get me started. Yeah, Yeah, in that light. I can't remember that. Well, obviously, I I didn't go in a... I don't think I've been in a shop since before the first lockdown. Yeah. But um, I actually can't remember the last time I went in a changing room. Oh, but that's and you're a always all like confidence clammy destroyer. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the lights like <laughs> shining down on you. Yeah, no, and making it from the comfort of your own home is much nicer. And also, I have I'm I have a really big rib cage compared with the rest of my body, so it's been really nice to make things that feel really comfortable that I can still breathe in. Yeah, just make things that to fit. Yeah. Game changer. I don't, yeah, eliminating bra, bra shopping from my life was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I need to make some more, actually. I went through a phase where, you know, when you're teaching, do you teaching like the same class over yeah. and over again? And we always sew a sample in the class. And normally it doesn't get finished, but we found it was way easier than demonstrating on someone else's. Yeah. Or yeah. demonstrating like a, a part. But it got to a point where I had like 40 bras in my yeah. drawers at home. And I was just like, I do not need any more bras. Yeah. <laughs> really, like, every workshop I'd be trying to, like, make some make one for a friend because I didn't want to have another bra. Yeah. I'm the um, same with Greta Dungarees. Honestly, I've got them in every single colour. Heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I've palmed so many off onto friends. I'm like, please take these. I, get, like, I had mine on yesterday. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. My, like, um, denim pair. They're good like for work. They're good for, like, in the studio. Yeah, getting shit done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your favourite bra patterns? What are your go-to? I, the Harriet bra, which is what we teach mostly, is the one that I wear m- most of the time. Nice. Um, is that underwired? It's an underwired, yeah. And I have, I do wear them sometimes without underwires. Um, but actually, I have invested in a ready-to-wear bra um in about a month ago and I'm gonna I'll I'll tell you who they are because I think they're they're like the nicest bras ever and two of the other girls in the studio have gone and bought them now as well since so it's a company from Hackney Wick called Lara Intimates oh my god I follow them on Instagram Do. I'm obsessed they are and their so new colour range is so beautiful yeah so we all went we all got really excited by that and bought more nice um but if anyone yeah is looking for a comfortable because they're not underwired. Um, yeah. And they're just, and they're really supportive and they're just, and they like look really nice and yeah, they're they made in house in Hackney Wick. And I was like, that's, those are literally the companies that I really want to be buying from. So, yeah, that's so rare these days for things still to actually be made in London. That's amazing. Yeah. And by their own team, like they actually, they don't outsource it to anywhere else in any of the factories in like Tottenham or anything. Amazing. Um, but do you buy any clothes now or are you still absolutely... Mm-mm. The only fit? thing is socks. Because socks. I'm, I'm not a knitter. Oh, God, no, you need to get knitting. It just doesn't do it for me, babe. Really? I don't know what it is. It's... I just don't get it. Maybe I've just never, like, been taught properly. 
But, but do um, you... So you don't have any knitwear? No. I All my jumpers are either, like, thick, organic cotton, fleecy vibes. Um, or I wear quite a lot of, like, um, sheepskin gilets for mm. warmth in the winter um, that I've embroidered into. Um, but I do admit there, there's something nice about a proper woolly jumper. A, a knitted one. One day yeah, you I'll need get, to get into in. it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like if you, like, boat life is very aligned with knitting. It's because true. in the evenings it's quite, like, quiet and chilled out. Yeah. Um, there's some yeah. knitting machines in the studio, actually. Maybe I'd be more into using a machine. Yeah. It's quite hard, though, I've heard, using it. Mm, you can't just, like, jump on it. You have to be quite skilled, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. It's probably still faster than hand knitting. Yeah. <laughs> but socks, um, yeah, socks is the only thing I buy. And then Socks and shoes. Yeah, shoes. I've made a few pairs of shoes with my friends Ottoin, who are shoemakers. Oh, yeah, Bristol. I know the company. Yeah, they're awesome. So I've made, like, some sandals and things like that. I really want to make a proper pair of boots with them. Um, but I still wear, you know, trainers that are shop-bought. Um, I'm trying to switch over all my bags now. So I recently made a bike pannier that's a pannier on one side and a rucksack on the other, which oh, has nice. changed my life. Um, I really want to make some more kind of like bum bags and crossbody bags, yeah. things like that. Um, but yeah, no, haven't bought anything from a shop to wear in since 2016. Well, since 2015. That's amazing. Yeah. Where do you buy socks? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I'm such a sucker for, I should say some are really sustainable, but I'm such a sucker for TK Maxx. In, they oh, have yeah. like That's really good of... quality cashmere socks for yeah. half the price from anywhere else. Yeah, and then you're going to keep them for years. Exactly. So. That's a good buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You probably all know that we are huge fans of faff machines. We use them in all of our workshops and when we're sewing at home on our boats. So what do we love most about them? They're super smooth to sew on with a sleek design and their iconic IDT system, essentially a built-in walking foot, makes handling all types of fabric a dream. We honestly couldn't sew what we do without them. Get in touch with us if you fancy a machine upgrade or if you'd like to know more about any of the models. When you made your pledge to make all of your own clothes in 2016, how much of the motivation behind that was to turn away from fast fashion and not be consuming? Because um, you live a really sustainable life now and you clearly incorporate that into all different sides of your business. But was that one of the motivations back when you started? Yeah, it was it was definitely an initial just real dissatisfaction and disconnection with what I was seeing on the high street. Um, and just thinking, like, there must be another option. I, wa I just wanted to find another way that made sense to me. Um, and I'd always loved clothes. I'd always been fascinated in the way that they were made and like finding really well-made, beautiful things, secondhand or vintage. Um, and so, yeah, initially Made My Wardrobe was very much about the kind of sustainability of it. And then as it, as it went on, it was became also much more about just reconnecting with my body and going like what does my body need what makes it feel good what makes it feel alive um and then that kind of yeah became as much a part of it as a sustainability angle so I would say now both are equally as important to me it's about people feeling really good in their bodies and really listening to their bodies um and listening to their creativity um and then also thinking about the planet and the way we consume and, yeah, how we can just slow that all right down and choose fabrics that don't harm the planet and all of that side of it. So it's, it's always been a bit of a combination, I would say. And for the fabric that you're sourcing for your kits, you obviously are sourcing them ethically yeah so it's all from europe and we use 
Um, so all of our jersey is organic cotton jersey, um, and it's I never know if it's Oecotex or O-E-K-Tex. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard it said out. That's the first time I've ever heard anyone say that loud. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say it, so I don't hate it. But it basically means it's made without chemicals that harm the planet, which is great. In that, and that's in the terms of how it's um, grown and woven and dyed. So every stage of production. Um, uh, and then our denim, we have a mix of organic denim, um, circular denim, which is recycled from uh, cotton yarn, which is from waste fabric, um, and then regenerated and rewoven into denim. And then we have detox denim, which is the indigo one, which is the focus on that is on all natural dyes, so no chemicals used in the dyeing process. Um, and then... We're just about to get in a whole load of new, really exciting fabrics. We've got a recycled linen coming in, which is like a linen cotton mix, which I'm re- I can't so wait nice. to see. Um, and what else? Oh, and merino wool jersey as well, which I'm really excited about. Oh, so nice. Yeah. So we'll be getting those. It's been a nightmare with the ports and Brexit. Everything, yeah. everything is getting held. And I just um like on the phone to all these different shipping companies trying to work out where stuff is um but hopefully it should arrive if not this week next week that's exciting the merino that's especially exciting yeah because no one offers that in the uk i know i was so when like the fabric store yeah have you sewn with their ones before the fabric store ones no i've never sewn with theirs but i love their color range it's really so nice yeah they're really nice i've got i think i've got about five turtlenecks Oh, in them nice. and I pretty much live with them live in them in winter yeah and they're like breathable just so nicely Perfect yeah I'm excited layer. for that yeah. do you sell them outside of kits as well like if someone just wants to yeah. buy a few meters yeah we just sell by the meter as well so at the moment you've got kits for your Greta dungarees and your new loungewear patterns yeah well we've got kits for Greta and um the Josie Brown pants oh, yeah and then we've got the fabric for all of the new loungewear patterns but we haven't put them in we're just selling it by the meter um but as soon as we've got we're waiting on some waistband elastic to arrive so that then we can add that to the loungewear patterns and then do proper kits as well um yeah I think people there's like two different two different um types of sewer some really like having the kit made up for them keep it simple like just send it all done and then other people really like choosing and customizing their colors and all of that so we try and kind of provide for both both sides of the sewing community yeah some some people love kits don't they i've mm. no, I've, i'm the second type yeah you like to curate your own i think so yeah yeah i guess if you're a beginner though that can feel really overwhelming yeah, if you buy just it coming in a kit, it means you know exactly what you've got is appropriate for yeah. the project you're planning. Exactly. So it makes sense. Yeah. And with your patterns, you've released them in collections always. Are yeah. you going to keep on doing that? I think so, because it's as much... Um, by the time I've um, sent everything to the graders worked out illustrations with my illustrator done the graphic design I might as well have done four at once yeah do you know what I mean if I'm gonna go through all of those processes I might as well do them four or five at once rather than doing one and then doing the same thing next month for a different pattern and so on and so forth um it does make it all quite hectic though the week before they launch because I'm (laughs) trying to make so many samples getting photographs for them all naming them all, doing all of the instructions, making sure the instructions are correct. So, yeah, the, the kind of run up to launching that many can be a bit intense. Um, but I don't I don't really do it by season or I don't have a specific time when they come out. It's more just like they come out when they're ready. Yeah, that's nicer. Yeah. Then. No deadline, just when yeah. they're ready, that's when you get them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And this this last lot was mad because... The illustrator, the graphic designer, and the two people who had double checking the patterns were never in the same room as each other. So we were doing it all remotely. 
and patterns are such a like you need to see it physically and for me anyway I'm like I need to see it laid out on the table check it with a tape measure all of that yeah it was pretty crazy doing it without being able to do that but we got there (laughs) for the like the graphic designer and the illustrator are they amongst the people that you've recently hired no so they are um people who I worked with last year as well who um I just bring on to do the patterns so they're not full-time in-house um but both of them are sewers so they really get it they're kind of yeah you really need that especially like my illustrator who's also called Lydia honestly the photos I send her are like me making the garment just flat lay images of the garment being made and somehow she creates these amazing illustrations out of them I'm like how did you make that make sense to anyone (laughs) and if they didn't sew you'd be like going back and forth yeah yeah so many times yeah totally um no they're wonderful they're they're really they really get it which is great is it only in the last year that you've hired yeah so So who do you have now yeah, I've I've got um, Anna, who is my studio intern, who's wonderful. Um, she's originally from Brazil and she came over to the UK to do a textiles degree. And then her mum lives here, so she stayed on. And she just emailed me in the summer and was like, I'd love to come and help out in the studio. And yeah, as soon as I met her, I was like, you are brilliant, like, let's work together so she's now on a paid internship and then there's um Jamila who's my pattern cutting assistant who checks all my patterns with a fine tooth comb she's so good (laughs) because I'm a real um like I was never trained to pattern cut professionally so I'm very like instinctual and try things out and do things all kind of different ways and then she comes in and she's like okay let's double just double check and like get the notches perfect and all of that um and then Alice and Penny are on my communications team so they help with social media and bringing loads of really nice things to the blog and communicating with customers and all that kind of stuff um and then there's Claudia who was due to start before lockdown but we've had to delay her start because um, she has to get the train in. So with lockdown, we were like, let's avoid public transport. Um, but she's going to be more of a sewing assistant. So helping sewing samples. Oh, it would be so nice. Yeah. It's so it's great, great when you're all back in the studio all at the same time. I know, I can't wait. Um, so yeah, they're not, they're, everyone's either one or two days a week and it kind of, they're all freelance, so it goes up and down. But um, honestly, I can't imagine how I'd do any of it without them now. They've been wonderful. Yeah. And when, as soon as you've got them, stuff just starts. As soon as you've grown a little team, stuff just happens so much quicker. I know. It's crazy because they're, they're suddenly waiting on you to give them tasks. And you're like, oh, yeah, so I better have that ready for Friday. Yeah. Like, if I haven't done it, <laughs> they're going to have nothing to do. So you have to get it done. Um, and then I have a handful of friends who I send the patterns to for checking before they go live so my, my friend Helen who's dot and cross down in Cornwall oh yeah who's also with Faf she's amazing she's got such a keen eye so she'll go through them and yeah work her wizardry on them before they before they go out to the public yeah you need those people yeah people who like I guess she's your friend so you haven't hired her but you were saying like your assistant pattern cutter yeah um someone who has a trait that you don't possess at all like yeah ellie who is um one of our fulfillment and helps so much with the fabric side of the business with me picking what to list and doing Mm. all that all that um she's so organized so and me and rosie really aren't so she's like the perfect addition to the business that's so good put us in line and i'm hoping that as we grow our team everybody has to be organized because they have to offset us <laughs> yeah <laughs> keep you in check yeah yeah Anna my intern's like that she's so good with the excel spreadsheets and I'm like what's excel <laughs> yeah 
Just got like a little scrap of paper with some scribbles on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. How would you guys like to grow your team? What are you going to be looking for in the future, do you think? I think the next person we'll hire will be someone else to help with fulfillment. Yeah. Um, and and then I'd love someone to help with social media. Because mm. we have Gemma, who's our office manager, who does all our customer service and office management side stuff. Um, yeah. But someone to help more with, yeah, the blog, yeah. Instagram. I mean, I enjoy looking on Instagram, but I find it can take up so much of your time mm. posting on it. Yeah. Um, and I'd love someone to help with that. But yeah. Rosie will be coming back from maternity leave soon as well, so. Nice. Yeah. She'll be back doing her Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> She'll listen to this and be like, oh. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. <laughs> That's one of Rosie's jobs. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Oh, I, don't, I would love to have someone else who can deliver the teaching of the workshops with me because I feel there's something quite intense about um you know, when people book onto a workshop, knowing that if I get ill or something, I don't know, just knowing that there's someone else who who yeah. can deliver the teaching, basically. Um, yeah, because we've always had the two of us, so it's never been... Yeah. That's never been a worry at all. It's just yeah. like, well, if I couldn't do it, Rosie would step in. Yeah. Um, but also it's in, it's quite... It's tiring, like, committing all of your weekends. Yeah. And it's a, I give so much energy when I teach. I'm like yeah. trying to make sure everyone feels like they have everything they need. So, um, yeah, it, it takes a lot out of me. I remember once there was one workshop that just landed on the, a weekend when I had the worst period pains I've ever known. And I remember yeah, just, just being like, like crawling into the studio, trying to take paracetamol <laughs> and like put my little brave face on <laughs> yeah because you just have to go there and you have to yeah teach and like be excited and be enthusiastic yeah and And I absolutely love doing it it's just um yeah it doesn't feel sustainable to only have have one teacher basically and I'd love to do more longer retreats like do a kind of summer sewing retreat which would have lots of different teachers and maybe like Ottoin doing shoemaking, a jeweler doing some kind of jewellery, like a real mix of skills in there and do, yeah, week-long retreats. I think there's room for them. Me and Rosie were planning um, a retreat for September last year. And then as soon as the first lockdown came, we were like, all right, that plan is completely gone now. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know if we'll ever we'll never do it again but I think people would really like it'd be so much fun wouldn't it to go away for a whole a week week yeah hang out properly with other makers totally yeah yeah especially after this year when no one's been able to see anyone I know it just feels it still feels so crazy to try and plan anything like that I'm just yeah. not even I mean, you like, can't, can you? entertaining the thought yeah 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 I keep booking holidays and then well, not keep on but we've booked quite a few and then they just get cancelled yeah and now we've just decided we're just going to book another two yeah see <laughs> for like september and october and hope that we can go on one of them you just need something to look forward to don't you yeah even if you think it probably won't happen it's like yeah maybe. yeah so you've just bought out a maker's companion um which is like a a zine basically do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so it's called um maker to maker and it's a creative companion and it's um split up into 10 different sessions and the idea is that you work through the sessions and you can pick a time frame that works for you so you could do it week by week or if you wanted to do it over 10 days you could do it more condense or even spread it out over 10 months um but each session focuses on a different aspect of your creative practice so it might be about how you create space for your creativity how you create time how you build up a support network how you find inspiration um so there's lots of different kind of aspects that feed into making you want to make more things and be creative and I feel like 
there was something really beautiful ha- that happened in lockdown one where everyone really reconnected with that and kind of everyone just wanted to yeah be using their hands and making things whether it was like sourdough and banana bread or clothing or I saw like loads of people doing clay at home and making like little pots and things um and I but then it as lockdown's gone on it's felt harder to kind of find the inspiration and the energy because yeah. we haven't been exposed to any culture we haven't been to any ex- exhibitions or seen any theater or done any of the things that we normally do so I was thinking about that a lot in November as I was writing it and kind of what are the things that make me want to keep making basically and what are the things that I do to keep turning up to the studio and keep expanding my practice and exploring new ideas and also supporting the other artists and makers around me because it very much goes both ways um so yeah I just kind of wrote this scene and um my friend Naomi who's an amazing photographer took really beautiful photographs of all different tools to go in it um and then we just self-published it we did the graphic design ourselves and self-published it um and released it on Sunday and um, we sold out the first edition in like two days which is amazing so we're gonna do a second print run um which is available to pre-order at the moment and will be posted by the end of January. So, yeah, it was a really exciting chance to try something a little bit different. And um, I can't wait to hear what people think. Some of them will be arriving in the post today for the first people that ordered. So that's nice. And you can get a digital copy as well. Yeah, for anyone who's international or wants to kind of print it some people I know like to print it out bigger and then leave more it's designed so that you can scribble into it and write notes and draw and stuff um so yeah there's a pdf option for anyone who wants that too and it's slightly cheaper that way we've ordered one I'm really excited to get it I'm gonna actually work through it I think yes each task yeah yeah it's set aside it each task doesn't take too long maybe 20 minutes 25 minutes so it's quite doable like once a week yeah because th- what you just said then about the like motivation to create and feeling inspired to make has seriously waned for me yeah. <laughs> during as and- the lockdowns have gone on and I think it is literally like we're not seeing people to get excited by their making or I d- just not talking to as many makers and not being out and about and also not knowing when that's going to restart yeah it's just put a serious dampener on it for me so yeah and it's you know like we all need times when we're resting and not making and taking it easy but I guess one of the reasons I wanted to write the zine was I was thinking about so this time last year in January 2020 I was doing an artist retreat in California and I was living on a boat with three other artists and I've literally never felt more inspired in my life just being on this boat making art every single day and I just was like I need to reconnect with that energy like that Lydia was where I want to want to be like be and like feel and so yeah the zine was about reminding myself that that energy exists and I hope through like sharing some of the tools that I use other people will be able to reconnect with that energy as well um because yeah it just when we're using our hands and making it's like something about the world makes more sense or it does for me anyway <laughs> no, definitely okay maybe I'm gonna use this as my tool to get back into back into making yay <laughs> let me know how it goes <laughs> What else is coming up for Made My Wardrobe in the next few months? Oh, so we've got um, the, yeah, the online workshop of the Josie Brown Bants coming out in February. And then all our new fabrics arriving, hopefully in the next week. Um, and we're designing our next collection. So we think it's going to be, our next patterns are going to be um, a jumpsuit, a jacket, a rucksack and some jeans but nice. we're, we're still tweaking all of them so we're yeah it's all to be confirmed but we're having a lot of fun 
playing around with design ideas at the moment, which is nice. When do you reckon they'll be coming? I know you just talked about <laughs> not putting deadlines on it. I mean, obviously, you don't have to stick with this. <laughs> Hopefully, um, maybe April. Fingers oh, wow, crossed. so really soon. Yeah, but that might be... It all. There's so many different factors yeah. that can play into it. We'll see. We'll see. I do feel like this year is really zooming by. I know. It's in a good way though, because like I'm yeah, I'm fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's time is very weird at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Is it sort of means not a lot because you can't do anything anyway. Yeah, yeah. you are a question that we ask everybody what was the last thing that you made oh oh okay so I made a few things as Christmas presents um a really nice pair of uh, like crepe trousers for my girlfriend that were pleated so they were quite like Issy Mayaki nice. vibes oh uh, Ellie who works here loves that is that the pleats please stuff? Yes. Yeah, so She's beautiful. wearing a dress today. <laughs> oh, amazing. Loves it. <laughs> so gorgeous. Oh, they must be nice. Um, and then made my little nieces and nephews mini versions of the Zara jumper, which is one of my patterns. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and then I we had loads of fabric, like tiny fabric scraps in the studio. So I just made a big velvet poof and stuffed them with all the fabric scraps, which felt good. That was last week. You can clear them out of the way. Yeah, they were doing my head in. The, you know, when the whole bin is, like, exploding. Yeah. And we try... It takes a lot to fill a poof. It does, yeah. So, it's <laughs> yeah. a good way to use them up. <laughs> and, like, anything that can be used for patchwork quilting, I send to my mum, because she's really good at quilts. But these were, like, you know, the tiny, scraggly yeah, bits... scraggles. ...that you can't yeah. use for anything. Um, so, yeah, that was the last things. But I feel like I want to get my head into something something juicy maybe um a winter coat or yeah some more bags there's always there's always so many things I want to make (laughs) yeah too many too many ideas (laughs) yeah exactly yeah well thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me it was so nice to so nice to chat where can our listeners find you so the website is www.mademywardrobe.com and then on Instagram, we're just made my wardrobe. Perfect. Thank you, Lydia. Thanks, lovely. Bye. Ha- have a nice afternoon. Bye. You too. Bye.